love you, Lord. How many know that we're in a battle today? We're in a battle like we've never been before. We're in a battle that it wants to take this nation, a battle that wants to take this world, a battle of, uh, of, of good and evil. And Jesus, when he came, he, he sent the disciples out, and I'll read that in a little while. And he said, even the devils obey us. And you know what that meant? Jesus said? He said, that means the kingdom of God is with you. And I'm going to tell you, we live in the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is within each and every one of us. And he says that, he said, the letter killeth, but the spirit brings it life. And what is that spirit? The word in the Greek for spirit is pneuma. And when you breathe in your hand, go ahead right now, that's your, you feel the spirit. That's the pneuma. And what he's saying is as long as it lays on that page, it has no effect. But when it's spoken, he said, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. He said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. You see, as Christians, we've got to realize the authority that we have. Our authority is not in the Republican Party. It's in the church. Amen. And it doesn't mean that we don't vote for, for people who are moral and people who stand for what is right. But we have to know that ultimately the power comes from the Holy Ghost. We need to have the boldness. We need to have the boldness. And you can't have the boldness if you can't see the truth. Jesus, when he was in the boat, and they, he told them, he said, let us go to the other side. And halfway across, all of a sudden, a storm came. And it looked as if they were going to die, according to the disciples. And they stood and they said, Jesus, as he was fast asleep, they said, carest thou not that we perish? Ever feel like that? Like it's just overwhelming. There's just no end to it. It's, it's, it's just darkness. And the Lord got up, and let me tell you what, not only did he rebuke the waves and the wind, but he first rebuked them. <laughs> because you've got to rebuke doubt before you can rebuke the mountain. You've got to rebuke doubt before you can rebuke the enemy. And I'll tell you this right now. He said, according to your faith, so be it unto you. We need to start claiming our families for Jesus. We need to stop letting the devil have his way in wrecking what God has given to us. We need to stand in the name of Jesus and say, Lord, in your name. Now I'm going to tell you, I know that it works. I know that it works. And we can know, I can remember years ago, and I don't want to reminisce, but I was just about maybe 10 or 11 years old. Grammy used to make me go to church. I didn't like it either. I didn't like it at all. And one night after a Sunday night service, she just got into the Holy Ghost. And, and the service was great. And, and man, some of that anointing came home with us. And, and she saw a, a, a young girl named Debbie. And that young girl got into a car with a known drug dealer in that neighborhood. And she knew that it was going to be no good. This girl was only 13. This man was 40. 
And she knew that this was no good. And I can remember sitting in that car and she said, in the name of Jesus, she said, I arrest that in Jesus' name. And that car immediately swerved off the road, went down into a ditch and got stuck. And a neighbor called the cops. And the police came and they took that 13-year-old girl and they gave her, put her back in her home where she belonged. You see, there is power in the name of Jesus. We don't need to be victims today. We need to say, Lord, I believe your word. The Bible said, let every man be a liar and let God's word be true. Are we allowing the word to be true? Are we processing it through our own intellect? He said, there's a way that seemeth right to man, but that way always leads to destruction. And he says that by the renewing of your mind, and I want you to know what that means. It means by the rewiring of your mind. In other words, God can't use the carnal mind. He said the carnal mind is enmity. It means it's an enemy of God. But he said, if you'll let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Lord, let that mind be in me. God, let me just be laid before you, and Lord, you do the work that you need to do in Jesus' name. I'll tell you, we're coming into some dark days. If we don't win these next couple of elections, and I mean that, we're, going to, we're coming into some dark days where we'll even become evil to the, to the world. We're already seeing it. We're seeing it in our schools. Just the other day I read where the state of Maine has said that make America great again is evil and it is hate speech and it can never be used in the public schools or in the universities in the state of Maine. And they're coming after us. But you know what? Greater is he that is with me than he that is with the world in the name of Jesus. They said to Peter, they said, you go, you can leave. But they said, speak no more in the name of the Lord. And he said, is it better to obey man or God? You see, the boldness. You see, the kingdom will release the boldness of God. And we need to get that boldness back. I don't fear what the devil will do because I know what God can do. And we need, to get, we need to get on fire for him. We need to realize that he's a healer today. We need to realize that he is the redeemer today. We need to realize that he is the savior today. We need to realize he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. I was speaking with a 93-year-old woman the other day. Her name is Sister Wesley. And I was praying with her, and all of a sudden the Lord spoke through me. And he said, I want you to know those people in Washington are nothing more than pawns in my hand. He said, I have overcome the world. And so what we need to understand is, is we can trust him. And that's what the Lord is saying to the church today. Do you trust me? We look around and we say, well, I see things this way and I see things that way. And God says, well, what, whose eyes are you looking through? Last night I woke up and all of a sudden I heard the script said, eye for an eye. I'm thinking to myself, what does that mean? He said, give me your eyes and I'll give you mine. Give me your mind and I'll give you mine. Give me your hands and I'll give you mine. 
I said, Lord, what about just one eye? <laughs> you know, it would be good to have the spiritual eye in, in, the, in the other eye. But God said, no, you've got to give them both. <laughs> that means be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little hands, what you touch. Be careful, little feet, where you go. You may be seated. It's been an interesting week. Last night, I know that, you know, the, the enemy was trying to plague me, my wife, and even my dog was plagued. <laughs> he was making all kinds of noises. <laughs> I'm saying, devil, you're a liar. <laughs> There's no truth in you. We are more than victorious in the name of Jesus. We need men. Yesterday on a radio station, I, I just got to let this go. And, and, and we had a wonderful time with a couple of great men uh, that, are, that are trying to get the men of the state together and to say we need that camaraderie. We need that strength. And we do. We need that. We're only one church. And that is the church of Jesus Christ. That is the church of God. We are one church. We are one body. And the thing that we need to realize is God is saying, I'm raising up men. I know women that love Jesus know that they love a strong man. Oh, I know the world likes it the other way. We see our sitcoms and, and men are made to look like idiots. And women have to put up with these idiots. And I'm afraid the whole civilization is, is going that way. A bunch of idiots. But God said, I've made a man. I made a man to be powerful. I made a man to stand. And the Bible said he seeks throughout the whole world, looking for those that would serve him, those that would stand with him. He said to Gideon, he said, Gideon, thou great man of Allah. And Gideon said, who, who, Lord, who, who? And he said, you. He said, you don't understand, Lord. I need, you, you need some education. How many have ever tried to educate God? He said, you need some education. He said, you need to realize that my family's poor and we live up on a mountain. I'm, I'm living little. And he said, and we're very poor people. And he said, and I got even worse news than that. He said, I'm poorer than the rest of them. God said, good, I can use you then. He's not looking for greatness in this world because he's great. What you need to understand is he said, for whosoever will. And Gideon was obedient to the Lord. Nehemiah was obedient to the Lord to go build a wall. He's never had a building thing done, a building in his life. Moses has called to lead the children of Israel out of, the, out of Egypt. He'd never done anything like that before. So what does he do? He goes to Pharaoh and he says, Well, the I am that I am sent me. And Pharaoh hardened his heart. And the Bible says that after the plagues that Pharaoh finally said, Go. And, and Moses led them. He led them by faith not even knowing how he would supply their food or their water. And one general said that he was a military general that when you send troops into battle, his job was to uh, be 
to be the one to strategically make sure that the military had the supplies they needed. When Germany sent their troops up into Russia, they were ill-supplied. Many of them froze to death because of poor planning good thing <laughs> but what i'm trying to tell you is what this general said is that you would need 10,000 gallon tanks on trains a mile long just to feed 2.3 million people for one day you see if you get into the if you get into the natural you say oh boy we can't do this but Moses was obedient, and he went, and what did he do? He came against an obstruction. You know what that obstruction was? It was the sea. The Red Sea was between him and his destiny. How many sometimes we come to a sea, and we say, Lord, is this you? And what happened was, is he said, step in the water and believe and hold out your staff. And he said, the waters will begin to separate. How many of us had that kind of faith today? And what happened in that is that they were able to pass over on dry ground. And what happens? They come to the other side and they go to test the water and the water was bitter. They couldn't even drink the water. It would have killed them. And they, of course, the people began to moan. People are good at moaning, I think. Oh. And Moses is there. Here we are. Now what do I do? He says, go and get a certain type of wood. And he said, and take a sliver of that and throw it into the, into the water. And the water will become drinkable. Huh? I'll tell you, when God gives you direction, it's always weird to the, not to the natural mind. Well, I think we need to go to Albany and get some of the water filterization things. Let's go get about four million of them. <laughs> we'll process it. <coughs> but they threw the, wa <coughs> the water into the, 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 the wood into the water. And the water was made whole and clean to drink. You know what that wood represented? The cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus. And lo and behold, they get through that. And all of a sudden, God said, I'll send you a rock in the wilderness. And that rock, when you strike the rock, it, it will let uh, usher out water. And so Moses did it. He was commanded. And let me ask you a question. If you were lost in the woods and God said, you see that rock right there? That rock will follow you. Who am I following? <laughs> what are you talking about? He said, you go and you, you strike the rock and, it will, and the water will flow. You know what that rock represented? The crucifixion of Jesus. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. When he struck that rock, all of a sudden, the water began to proceed from it. And after that, he said, I want you to speak to the rock from then on. But Moses got angry with the people and he struck the rock a second time. And God was wroth with him because you're not supposed to crucify Christ afresh. All we have to do is speak to him. And he gives us living water. I want you to know something right now, today. If we'll speak to him, he'll give us living water. 
He'll give you the sustenance you need. He'll give you everything. He said, take no thought for what you shall wear. Take no thought for what you shall eat. Take no thought for what you shall drink. He said, because I will give you everything. He said, look at the birds. He said, even the sparrow. You know, the sparrow is probably the most uncomely bird. When he comes to the bird feed, just a brown. You know, I like those yellow ones and blue ones and, 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 the, and the, you know, and like the red ones. But all of a sudden, a sparrow comes, and you look at him and say, Poor you, poor fella. You didn't get any of the beauty. And the Lord said, Even when the sparrow falls, he said, I see the sparrow. How much more do I keep my eye upon you? He said, the animals of the fields, they, they, they eat, but they toil not. He said, why should you? If you know that I can supply your every need, if you know that I am the one. He said, I am that, that the I am. I, I tell, I'm just getting warmed up here this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost. I've been putting myself in with the Lord and saying, Father, I need you. I need you, Lord, in this day because craziness is all over. The world is going nuts. And we have a, 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 a dictator there in uh, Russia. And he's saying, I'm going to push the button. I'm going to do it. And oh, well, you know, and, and all that. I'm going to tell you something. Maybe we ought to listen a little bit. And realize just how much we're on a precipice right now. But these people, all they care about is making men into women. Making women. You know why that is? Because they want to mock the creation of God. The devil hates humans. I want you to know that the devil's not human, by the way. He's a celestial being that was cast down to earth because he said with his pride that I'm as beautiful and as good as God. And his demons were cast down with him. Somebody said to me recently, a while back, they said, I'm a Luciferian. I serve Lucifer. I said, you're a little late. I said, his name is no longer Lucifer. It was stripped. His name is Satan, which means fallen one. And God cursed him to drag upon his belly all of his days. I said, in the name of Jesus, Satan has to bow. But what we realize in, in all of this is that Jesus has overcome. And we sit there and cross our fingers and hope that this win will win and that one will win. Jesus said it has already been won. He said, read the book of Revelation chapter 21. You'll see the new city coming down out of heaven, adorned as the church, as the bride of Christ. God is good. We love him today. And I want you to know something. We have the power in the name of Jesus. We have the power in the name of Jesus. We've got to start using it. We've got to stop believing for our cities. When this church was built in 1958, a prophecy came to this church that said it would be a lighthouse on a hill. But Satan wants to put out the light. He wants to put out your light. He wants to get us into unbelief. He wants to get us believing that the word is not all uh, as it was. Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. My word, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. 
It is his authority. And Satan will do everything to change that. And he'll try to change it in your view. We need to look at the word and say, Lord, let me be a liar and let you be true. In Jesus' name. If you have an offering this morning, you can bring it. I love every single one of you. And I want you to know something. I'm a warrior for you. I'm standing in the name of Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord. I want to see the way Jesus sees. I want to see. And that's why last night you opened the middle of the eye for an eye. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, isn't that about if you poke somebody's eye, they're supposed to poke yours out? <laughs> Even my wife said, ah, what are you saying that for? <laughs> but it was God was giving me a totally different revelation of that. Eye for an eye, the Lord said, an eye for an eye. He said, you seek to see through my eyes, then you've got to give me yours. If you seek to live, the life that I will give you, you need to give me yours. And the Bible says that if any man come after me, let him what? Deny himself. You know, there's a way that seemeth right to a man. There is a way that seems right to a man. But he said that way will always lead you to, to despair and destruction. But he said there's a way that's holy. There's a way that's righteous. If you turn with me quickly to the book of Philippians. Friday night, I begun in the book of Philippians talking about Paul's desire for unity. We need to realize that a house divided cannot stand. If the devil could, he'd bring division. But God said, I want you to be in one mind. I want you to be in one spirit. That was Paul's desire for the Philippian church that he had organized. He organized with just a few women on the bank of the river. There was no synagogue there. So when, when Paul came, he found Lydia and, and other women. And he, and he preached to them, and they received the gospel. You know, some people, some chauvinists think that women are somehow less. I'm going to tell you what. A lot of times, women are more intelligent than we are as men. <laughs> I know my wife's probably smarter than I am most of the time. <laughs> but what we realize in that is that God took and he divided Adam Okay, I'm going to get back just a little bit. He took the rib out of Adam, and he divided Adam's chromosome in X and Y. He said, but when we get married, he said, you become one again. The original Adam becomes one, he said, through marriage. And what we need to realize is that he was able to take these women and start a powerful church in Philippi. And later on, Timothy became the pastor of that powerful church. And we find here that in this epistle that Paul was in a Roman jail when he wrote this letter to the Philippian people. Naphrodites, his servant who went to be with him and was sick and was prayed for and was healed, he brought the letter back to the Philippian people. But I want, after a little background here, I want to go ahead and read 
Philippians 2, 9 through 11. He said, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in the heavens, things in the earth, and things under the earth. What's under the earth? Hell. Even hell will bow before his name. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is the Lord of glory of God the Father. Let me tell you this right now. I think of Martha when she came to the Lord and she was angry with the, with the Lord because Lazarus had been dead four days. His body began to stink. And Martha came to the, to the Lord and she said, only if you had been here. She was angry. You ever get angry? And he said, Martha, do you believe in the resurrection? She said, I know that in the resurrection at the last day. You see, that's the problem. Many times we read the scripture thinking it's not for today, it's for tomorrow. He said, Martha, do you not know that I am the resurrection and the life? And he that was dead, so shall he live. And the Bible said he caught Lazarus out of the grave. And Lazarus came out in his, you know, wrapped up in his, his, uh, his garb. I don't know how we come out. come out hopping. <laughs> he said, Lazarus was Dead was asleep, he said, for the glory of God. But he said, he shall be raised. And when we look at Martha, when he said, I am the resurrection. And now, in other words, it's not in the last day. The kingdom of God has come. So let me read that again so you know what in the present time. Not in the last day. He said, wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee. Do you know every demon in hell bows before the presence of the Lord? When's the last time the demon that tormented you saw Jesus? Let me ask a question. When is the last time? That the demon that torments you has seen Jesus. Jesus said, I am with you always. He said, I'll never leave you and forsake you, but I'm with you. I want you to know when Jesus is present inside of you, the demon that plagues you has to bow. In the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in the heaven, things of the earth, and things that are under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, as Christians, we have, we've quoted this as something like Martha said, Oh, we know in the last day. We put things off. Because it's too hard for us to understand them now. And God said, now is the time. This is the day the Lord hath made. This is the day of authority. This is the day of power. This is the day to present me before that demon that plagues you. 
Smith Wigglesworth one time woke up in the middle of the night, and he woke up and he saw the devil himself standing at the foot of his bed. A lot of us would need counseling for 10 years after such an experience. And, and, and what Smith Wigglesworth did is he looked up and said, Oh, it's just you! And he went back to sleep. See, the fear of God will cast out all fear. Isn't that weird? The reverence of the Lord will cast out all fear. At the name of Jesus, and I'm going to tell you this right now, when we speak the name of Jesus, he said, I did not come to bring peace in the earth. He said, I came that family members would fight one another. I came because he said, it's going to bring division. But he said that division is necessary because we need to stand for what is right. We're living in a battle, people. And I'm going to tell you what's happening. People are being indoctrinated into this woke thing. They're being indoctrinated... And I believe that demon spirits are controlling a lot of society around us. And they believe a lie. And you look at them and you say, can you not see? But God said they can't see because they don't have the eyes that you have that I've given you. Remember I said eye for an eye? I knew it would work into the sermon. But he said, I did not give them the vision that I've given you. He said, to them, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. They would hear this message and say, oh, this is just crazy. While they down their Jack Daniels. While, while they molest children when they do all these evil things. They bark like dogs, dress up like bunny rabbits, and think that they've become an animal. The devil laughs at them. And he goes before the father and he said, Father, he said, don't you see what I've done with your creation? Look at this man that is supposed to be a man being led with a dog collar on a leash down the streets of New York. Look at this. Look what I have done. God said, that's all right. I've raised up moral men who will stand against this in the name of Jesus and bring the shame where it belongs. You know what we've done? I, I read years ago about the, remember the emperor with no clothes and everybody said, oh, you look beautiful, until a kid called it out. And the Bible said he limped off in shame. We're like those children, we need to call it out. Do you know just how ridiculous you look? Do you know how ridiculous? You have fallen so far from what God wants you to be. Paganism. Entering our land like never before. A president who says we're not a Christian nation when we were founded by God and God we trust trying to rewrite history, trying to pull down the statues of those who fought for our liberty, trying to call good evil and evil good. Didn't I read that somewhere in Scripture? Saying that the Constitution that keeps us free is an old rag and needs to be cast out. Saying that there's a better way with the globalism that the Antichrist will rise up, the Bible says, and, and, and he'll take dominion over the world. 
We're living in precarious times, people. It's time to get up, and it's time to go to war. I was called to a, a prayer meeting. I used to get called every year to the, to the city prayer meeting. The, the dignitaries, the chief of all those people were there. And one time they called me again, Pastor, we'd like you to come, and, and we'd like you to, to pray again. And the Lord gave me a message. I, I said, Hi, they're not going to want to think they ever saw me before. And the message God gave is, look, we can pray. But if we embrace homosexuality, if we embrace the evil, your prayers will do you no good. I've never been invited back. You talk about throwing a hand grenade in the middle of something. You see, because they love to go through the, the charade. They love to go through, uh, you know, the thing. Oh, when something bad happens, oh, how, how, how religious we become. Not godly, just religious. The meaning of the name, by its very definition, the name of Jesus speaks about salvation. The name means Jehovah is salvation. I'm saved and I know that I am. I'm saved and I know that I am. I'm saved and I know. Oh, I hope I'm saved. I, I hope you you know, you know, Lord, I'm just a little weasel. I pray that I can get in. And, and he looks at that and says, oh, my Lord, we are in trouble. <laughs> That's why we got to sing some of those old songs. I'm in right, out, right, up, right, down, right. Happy all the time. I've become a fool for Christ. In John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but through me. That's narrow, isn't it? Oh, you don't want to preach that. What about the Muslims? What about this? What about that? What about the other? I can only quote the Scripture and stand by the Scripture. It's not my word, it's His. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. In 1 Corinthians 3.11 it says, For other foundations can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. In Luke 20.17 he said, And he beheld them and said, What is uh, this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head corner uh, the stone which connects the 12 apostles, now that's me writing, and the 12 patriarchs. In other words, you know what? He's the cornerstone that brings the old and the new together. And he said, my, I will build my church upon this foundation. So anybody that says the Old Testament is no longer needed, your building's going to fall over. <laughs> Amen. He said, and upon this rock, I will build my church, the chief cornerstone, upon the foundation. The foundation of the patriarchs of old and the foundation of the 12 apostles. In 
In Acts 4.12 it said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. In Matthew 7.13, Enter ye in the, in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go that way. You know what the broad way is? The broad way is your carnal thinking. The narrow way is God's thinking. You see, we live in a time when people are trying to process. Well, you know, what is adultery? You know, they begin to, to, to look at that. They begin to, to, to see, and that's what the devil does. Well, well let, let, let's look at this. Maybe we're being a little bit too legalistic. Maybe we need to give a little bit of wiggle room here. I'm going to tell you what God said is sin is sin. Whether it's in your life or mine. He said it's unbecoming to me. He says come up among them and be ye separate. And I shall receive you and you shall be mine and I will be with you. Amen. That's the call of God to come out. The call of God is to repent. I listened to a great message last night um, by... Um, David Wilkerson. And I'm going to tell you what, it, 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 was, it was powerful. And he called sin what it was. And he said, church, we cannot change this scripture or we will fail. I've had many people leave the church because they thought I was just a little too radical and a little bit too legalistic. And they chose family over Christ. I've seen it over and over and over. We're going to choose family over Christ. Had a whole group that sat in that corner. They filled that whole corner. And they chose family over Christ. Because an uncle was living in a way that was contrary to what was being spoken. They felt like I was beaten up on the... I'm not beaten up on the uncle. I want the uncle to come to Jesus. I want him to be free. I want you to know there's nobody that's been more compassionate through the years than I have been. I know people are broken. I know people come in broken. And usually the reason why people come in is because they're broken. My whole thought is, is, is Lord, to have compassion on them. But we still have to say, what, what is... What, what is Wrong is wrong. When somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, I have an issue. You know there's no sin that's not common to man? Paul said that. But we bring those issues to the Lord. And we say, Lord God, I need you to help me through this, this, this plague, this, this addiction that I'm facing. I need you to help me. I'm not going to make it right Peter of all men understood what it would take to stand with him. He thought he was ready, but he wasn't. I'm going to tell you, you come to Jesus, you're going to go, you're going to go through a process. You're going to go through a filter. Until you like the uh, when you're like the uh, apostle who says, It's no longer I in Philippians again that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. 
You see, we need to have a revelation of what's ahead for us. Because the more you see that, the less you fear this. You see, the thief on the cross, here they both are, they're, they're crucified, they're in pain. But one of them saw through the keyhole of eternity, and he saw the kingdom of God, and he said, Jesus, remember me when you get there. Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in that place that you saw through revelation. We need a revelation again, people. We need to begin to see the glory that is in store for those who believe. We need to, we need to get a glimpse again of what it's going to be like. It will be wonderful. Hallelujah. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go that way. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. No other name, no other religion will get you to heaven only by the name of Jesus Christ. Not by Pentecostalism or Catholicism or, or some other ism, but only through Jesus. A lot of people get into the ism, but they never find him. He said, get from me, you children of iniquity. I never knew you. You know what iniquity means? Sin. What they had done is they turned the house of God into a place of sin. Paul had to deal with that when he spoke to Timothy. And, and he spoke to a, a, a woman that was convincing the people that, look, these unions uh, that demand. In other words, to get a job in those days, you had to belong to a union. And the unions demanded that you would give sacrifices to devil and that you'd get involved in sexual orgies and do horrible things. And so this woman in the church told the church, well, you know what? It's all right to do that. He said, that Jezebel, I will come. He said, I'm wroth with her. And why is that? Because she was teaching compromise. Well, we got to get along in this world. We can't be too radical. And that's why the world's got away with what it's gotten away with. It's all right if they take prayer out of the school. We'll pray with them at home. It's all right if they open the door to abortion because, you know, uh, you know that we'll, we'll just do something about it and we do nothing about it. We've interviewed on the radio many pregnancy centers and what they're going through. They've been attacked. They've been threatened. And we had one woman on, and she said, I, my life has been threatened that I would be destroyed. What are you going to do? Same thing I've always done. I'm going to trust in Jesus. The Prince of Peace. According to Philippians 2, 5 through 8, this man named Jesus climbed 
Calvary and died for all men. He humbled himself and he died in the sinner's place. He died in the sinner's place. And then we can say, well, that's all right. God doesn't care if I do this or God doesn't care if I do that. When Jesus himself gave his only life. And you know what Jesus said? He said, be like me. If any man come after me, let him deny himself. Why? Because in denying yourself, you'll find yourself. It's an eye for an eye. You give me your eyes, I'll give you my eyes. You give me your mind, I'll give you my mind. Let this mind be neutral also in Christ Jesus. We're in a war, people. And the war that we're in is not Republican or Democrat. It's good and evil. And I promise you, even if the Republicans win this next two elections, we're probably going to go into some sort of a civil war in this country. Because their eyes are so blinded to believe a lie. And so what we need to realize is it's time for the church to rise up and to call that which is not as though it was. It's time to rise up and to say to this mountain, be thou removed and let it happen. He said to speak to the sycamine tree and say, be plucked up at the root and put in the sea and to watch it done. Jesus showed him that when he saw the fig tree. And the fig tree bore no fruit. He was speaking of Israel. But he said he cursed the fig tree in front of the disciples. And they walked. And I'm sure they were walking backwards for a while. And the thing didn't look like it was dead. But the next day they came by. And they saw that the tree was dead from the root to the top. The greatest teacher in the Bible is Jesus. Why did he teach them that lesson? He said, greater things shall you do than I've done. In other words, this is an object lesson for you to learn so that you can say to the sycamine tree, and what is the sycamine tree a representation of? Of course, we know then it was Israel, but it is whatever boasts its head above or, or, or against the, the enemy, against Jesus. God is saying the anointing and the authority has got to come back to the pulpit. We've lived with some great preachers, Jack Cole. One time he got behind a pulpit and he began to beat on that pulpit and every time he hit it, something would fall out and he looked at the congregation and said, when's the last time a man stood behind this thing anyway? <laughs> I'm sure the pastor felt real, <laughs> real comfortable. A woman with cancer and her, her, her stomach was, was bloated because of cancer. She came up for prayer and he went to her and he punched her in the stomach. I'm not condoning that by any means. But you know what? People, would you could hear the crowd and, oh, my word, look what this man has done. He's insensitive. But you know, that woman got up, made every bit whole. It doesn't make sense. And please, if you didn't hear the Lord say, punch him with something, don't do it. 
Someone said, the Lord parted the Red Sea. I'm going down and I'm going to jump in that Androscoggin River and walk over and dry ground. If God didn't say do it, don't do it. <laughs> Good thing about the Androscoggin River is now you can eat three fish a year without glowing. I think I'll just skip the fish altogether. <laughs> Good news. <laughs> but what we have to understand and realize is we need to let the mind of Christ be in us. That's what he said to Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. Why do you postpone victory? Victory, victory shall be mine in the times years away. The devil will go away. <laughs> no. If I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles... Victory, victory shall be mine. God is looking for men, and I think women are looking for men too. <laughs> We're tired of this weakness. We want God, and God created man. I'll tell you right now, he created us in his image. Let this mind be in use also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now let me tell you, that verse 6 is not for you. It's saying that he could have taken the position without robbery, but made himself with no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, being found in the fashion of a, as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What he's saying is, is if he would do it, should not we? Should I not stand before the Lord and say, and I'll tell you this right now, we need to stand before the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, your will be done in my life. Help me, Father. Help me in my weaknesses. Help me with the struggles that I struggle with. Help me, Lord. You said that you would do it. I believe you can do it. And I stand complete in the name of Jesus. Each and every one of us need that. We sing a song. I am weak, but he is strong. And I know this without him. The Bible said in, in John 15, it said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He said, without me, you can do nothing. But if you're grafted into the vine, you can do. You'll bear fruit and you will do the things that I've called you to do. You see what's happened with the churches in America. And I'm going to tell you what's happened with the church in America. We've been asleep. And while we were asleep, the devil was working. Indoctrinating our children. Indoctrinating our businessmen. They, he has been working. And all of a sudden, the church wakes and they see the problem. But I want you to know it's not too late. We have the power in the name of Jesus. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Then in the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in the heaven, 
things in the earth and things that are under the earth. Now, let me ask you a question. Whenever Jesus, when he walked on this earth, came before a devil, what did the devil do? He cried out. We know who you are. You know why they knew him? Because they were in heaven with him at one time. Before God made humans, he had a celestial body in heaven. But Satan puffed up and said, I'm as good as God. You know, a lot of people today, that they get puffed up and think they know. And he said, I will build my, my throne upon the mountains of the north. A third of the angels, the angelic being, not humans, listened to his lie and followed him. And God rebuked him and cast him down. You know what he said? Let us make man in our... I mean, you know, that, and I don't want to get too deeply into it, but there's no, there's no mention ever of humans before Adam. God was going to do something brand new. Something brand new. Not celestial, but human. He said, let us make humans in our image. We're human. I've seen too many humans that want to be celestial. But I want you to you never can be, so stop trying to be. You're human. God made you that way. But he also said that my glory will, 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 will manifest within you. Out of your bellies will speak rivers of living water. And Jesus himself became a human. You know he's going to be human for eternity. A brand new body. You know, we're all going to have new bodies, but we're, we're going to be human forever. God made us that way. And Jesus came down because Adam forfeited all that God had given him. And it came under the curse, but Jesus said, the second Adam. How did God form Adam? From the dust of the ground. The second Adam. You know, the second Adam had to be formed the same way as the first one was. He formed him in the, in, in the belly, in the uterus of Mary. That's where some get it wrong. They say, well, well if Jesus is half, half Mary and, and, and half God, then, then Mary must have been immaculate because if she was a sinner, then her sin would have been transferred to him. He had none of her blood, and he had none of Joseph's blood. It was the blood of God, born again. For 4,000 years since the fall of Adam, the devil's been accusing man and accusing God. And he said, nobody can do this. He said, you've judged me unfairly. That's like me going before a judge and saying, but judge, you don't understand. Nobody can go 25 down that hill, and, and I can prove it. You know, And that's what the devil did for 4,000 years. And Jesus was born, formed in the womb of Mary, just like Adam was formed. And he proved the devil wrong because he went down that hill 25 miles an hour. He did everything the devil said couldn't be done. And you know what happened? It nailed the fate and the coffin of Satan. 
And he said, the kingdom of God is now with you. Are we walking in that kingdom? Are we realizing that kingdom? He said, lest you become a child, you cannot enter that kingdom. In other words, humble. God is good. He's faithful. I'll finish this next week, but I, I just want you to understand and know something. We've got to get radical. They're radical, those people. They're radical. They lie. They'll come right out with bold-faced lies. Our vice president just wants to trumps the whole problem with the border. Lies after lies after lies after lies. And we as the church put poor Donald Trump out there all by himself and hide. I hope he don't go to jail. When we're the authority, we're the power. He needs our prayers. He needs the church to stand up. And we got to stand up in the name of Jesus and say, Lord, we come against this tidal wave that's come before us. And I want you to know what has been revealed in these last six or seven years has been going on for centuries. From the Knights of the Round Table to, to, to the works of the devil to overcome this world. Pinky says to the brain, what are we going to do today? And he says, Pinky, the same thing we do every day. We're going to try to take over the world. <laughs> because that's just what he wants to do. It's what he wants to do. And it's up to us. We have the power in the name of Jesus. We have the power in the name of the Lord. Though Satan rages, we will not be defeated. We have that power. In the name of the Lord. We sit there with our fingers crossed and, well, I hope this and I hope that when we're supposed to stand and speak. Israel was in such dire straits that a prophet was taken up on a pinnacle and he looked at the condition of Israel and it was like dead man's bones. And Jesus said to the prophet, well, he says, he said, can, or God said to the prophet, he said, can these bones live again? Thou knowest, Lord. He said, speak to the bones. And the prophet said, you do it, God. Because he delegates his authority to each and every one of us. 
What are we speaking today? Are we believing today? Are we speaking against that evil in the name of Jesus? Jesus said, this is what he said in my prayer to, uh, with a 93-year-old woman. The Lord spoke through me, and he said, they are about pawns in my hands. And we can say, well, then, God, why don't you crush them? He said, I'm waiting on you for that because I've delegated it, just like I did that prophet when I took him up on that pinnacle. He said, I told the prophet he had to speak. And I'm saying to the church, you have to speak. Well, if God wanted it done, he'd just do it. Well, if he did, what's he need you for? <laughs> because he's delegated his authority to each and every one of us. He's told us to be bold. He's told us to stand, heaven, and all to stand to watch. Stand, therefore, in the name of Jesus. This preaching is radical to some. We've got a whole progressive church out there that, that, that wants everything to be quote-unquote normal. But God is calling the people. I'm telling you, God is calling the people that will stand. Whether it is in the, uh, in the chambers of the school, whether it's in the chambers. And, and if they invite me again to go down and pray, which they probably won't, I will pray the same thing. Repent! And turn from your wicked ways. And I will receive you. Well, I don't know. Can the can this nation have revival um, as far gone as it is? And the Lord says, "Well, what do you think? Do you believe these dry bones can live again?" God's speaking to me right now. I'm not preaching to the choir. It's a tough sledding lately. It's so disheartening when media is corrupt and everything that's going on. But he said, I'm waiting on you people. Are you, what are you speaking? What are you believing? What are you standing for? I'm waiting on you. What do you believe? Stand with me, please. There is an anointing in this house. God loves every one of you. He said, I've already given you the victory. But what will you do with it? I've already set you on a hill, just like I did that prophet. Because now you see the deadness. You see the corruption. Just as he saw the dry bones. You see it. I have let you see it. Will you speak? Blessed are the feet of they who preach the gospel, but how will they hear? How will revival come unless we speak? And we must speak with boldness. And we must not care that people will hate us. He said, they will hate you because he said, they hated me. But I'm praying that even though they may hate us for a while, that they'd come to the senses through the power of Jesus Christ and then love us. 
and stand with us. In Jesus' name. I want to let you all know that we're all invited to Christine and Norman's house afterward if you'd like to come over and have a meal. Uh, sometimes that's the best way to, to get to know one another instead of just on Sunday morning. We would love to invite you to come and, and to uh, participate. And we're also going to have our prayer meeting uh, over there as well. And, and we're going to pray because I'll tell you right now that we need to pray. We need to petition the Lord for this very power that God's speaking to us. In Jesus' name.